You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two, just jumping all over big voice guy. Just so excited for the trade deadline. Can't wait, I can't wait. Gotta get to Bukla, gotta get to Bukla. Books. Uh, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, host of the Jeff Merrick Show and host of 32 Thoughts, Jeff Merrick will join us. He's a part of the big Sportsnet trade deadline soiree. He's one of the tippy-tap insiders. Yep, which gets going at the top of the hour. Our next guest is a part of the broadcast. In the boardroom. NHL analyst, uh, uh, NHL Sportsnet analyst, and former NHL scout on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Market's hotline. I'm silky smooth right now. We say good morning to Jason Bukala. Jason, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm just getting a kick out of this whole uh, segue into this segment. Yeah, this sorry. Guys tripping over themselves. Yeah, I, just I feel just, like me this morning. I mean, I, I crawled out of a cocoon this morning. I was have one of those mornings where it's like, oh, do I have to get out of bed? But here I am. Here I am. All I'm right, ready. I'm ready. I have to ask you, what's the spread like down at the at the deadline show? What's the spread like? Um, so I haven't made my way over there, but I think it's a lot of box items and. Um, I already okay. saw a bunch of people picking different items out of the boxes, so I'll let oh. you know later on. I'll shoot you a text. Okay. okay. All right. Sounds good. I'm really interested in that. We're obviously interested on in what the Calgary Flames are going to do. Do you see any scenario where the Flames potentially trade a Tyler Toffoli or a Noah Hannafin with how the prices have been so ridiculously high this deadline so far? I just don't see a scenario that's wise for the Flames to get involved in that type of scenario right now, uh, right at the end. It's uh, Unless they've been planning for a worst-case opportunity uh, to make a move right at the end of of the sequence of lead-up to this deadline. So, I don't know, guys. I just feel like they should just stand pat. They're not in a position of power. They're not in a position of really knowing – what the team is going to be like next year. They're not as bad as their record suggests. I still believe that. So I think you have to be careful with whatever you do today. Now, when you look at what they could do, do you see any value in a guy like maybe a Trevor Lewis or a Milan Lucic as an unrestricted free agent? Or do you feel like this is a Flames team that might maybe look to add or, or tinker a little bit around the outside as we get nearer to the deadline? I don't honestly see any tinkering going on mm-hmm. today. I, I, I guess Lucic would be maybe if they wanted to retain some salary to get a uh, another mid-round pick in the draft back this year. That that might be possible if somebody's looking for some muscle in their lineup. Um, the most attractive guy would be to Foley. Um, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes seem to be a team that's kind of been mentioned in his circles and and I see that. I think Carolina would like to add in somebody in the middle, not necessarily on the wing. But, uh, you know, when you get a guy who's got his type of playoff pedigree and history, he's obviously an attractive name. Again, guys, so if I was the one running the show, I would just be taking pause. I really would. I just mm. wouldn't. Uh, I just wait this one out. Um, Lucic is, uh, they have some expiring contracts. Yes, they have some guys that are going to be on the on new deals, paying more money, but uh, they need to adjust a little bit more here in the off season. And uh, they won the off season last year, in my estimation. I thought Ottawa was really good too, um, but this goes just goes to show that that doesn't mean a hell of beans come uh, come when the puck drops. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Jason, ju- just for you know, it's radio, it's fun. 
Um, a guy who has 25 goals on the season, who has an absolutely reasonable cap hit of just $4.25 million for next season. What do you think Tyler Toffoli could fetch from the Carolina Hurricanes, for instance? What kind of price tag would that be? So Carolina is a team that are hard to predict in terms of what they like to give up in trades. They don't have a, they don't like to move any of their top prospects historically and their draft capital. They value their, um, a, a guy like Toffoli though, if you don't get a, at least a second round pick in this draft back, and I don't have their draft grade in front of me right now, but if you don't get at least a second round pick back in this draft, then I absolutely am saying no to the uh, to the deal because he's going to score 25 for me next year. So I'm just not moving him out for, for free, that's for sure. But if I am moving him out for draft capital, fellas, it's not going to be one of these uh, 2026, 2025 types of things. Like I see these these picks getting traded out, and those are 14 and 15 year olds playing in the <laughs> Max Midget tournament that are going to yeah. be NHL players, you know, someday. And, um, that's not what you want to be trading for. You want to be trading for something in this draft cycle for sure. How about a guy like Noah Hannafin? Noah Hannafin's got would have huge value on the market, huge value, and it would be a monstrous mistake to move him out. I definitely would not move Noah Hannafin out. Um, he just he's he can be a glue. If if the Flames were in championship mode right now, like we were talking about Stanley Cup run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not I'm not uh, eliminating them from the playoff uh, conversation, but let's be honest. Like it's getting so late and it's just so inconsistent. Never would I be giving up Hannafin. Th- those types of guys are very hard to get back. Guys that play over 22 minutes a night. Um, you know, he's only 25 years old, uh, yep. I believe. Still, right? Like it's yep. hard to believe Hannafin's 25. Doesn't it feel like he's been around for like 10 years? Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 crazy. I would never move Hannafin. Not a chance. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that this is a group you kind of run it back, see how they start next year, and then you start making a lot of key decisions. That's me personally. Uh, Away from the Flames, I did want to get some uh, thoughts from you on some of the deals that we've seen gone down. Stick in Western Canada. What do you make of the Philip Ronick deal with the Vancouver Canucks giving up a pretty big price to the Detroit Red Wings to bring in a 25-year-old right-shot defenseman who, uh, if I didn't, does skate over 22 minutes a night too? He does. He does. Philip Ronick's a really good player. I mean, he's a two-way transitional defenseman, six-foot guy, 100, 190, whatever. He's, he's got some bump to his game. I like the player. So um, that's not where I, my beef lies. My beef lies in, you know, my mind thinks like a hockey operations, you know, scout, and it's, it doesn't think like a fan or, you know, from the outside. So I'm always an assets in, assets out kind of thinker. Mm-hmm. And when, when Horvat goes out the door and you bring back that first-round pick, even with the conditions, it could be a top 20 pick this year. Uh, and then, of course, they gave up a second-round pick as well to bring Heronic. I just felt like at the end of the day when I added it all up, like bringing in Raddy, Heronic, Beauvillier, um, you know, and a 2023 fourth-round pick, and then I looked on the other side of the ledger and I saw the first and, and you know, the conditions on the other pick, the second, and I just felt like the out, was more expensive than the in, if that makes sense to you yeah. guys. So um, I don't see the Canucks being in a win now situation over the next two years. He's going to become a uh, RFA. His qualifier is like five three, and then all of a sudden you're maybe starting to get better. And if he's a real big part of that, you know that he's going to be asking for more than five three. Jason Bukala is part of the Sportsnet trade deadline coverage, which gets going 
at the top of the hour, NHL analyst and former NHL scout joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. All right, Jason, who's the biggest name that potentially could go move? Because we've heard whispers sticking with the Vancouver Canucks about a guy like JT Miller. Do you even think that's possible today? I'm going to take Elliot's lead from the broadcast last night, and he doesn't think it's possible. Now, the, the real unusual thing was he was supposed to be week to week with an injury and then all of a sudden appeared back in the lineup last night, oh. which tells me something, doesn't it? Like it, it just felt like I don't know anything, but what it told me uh, through my years of experience is he's showing somebody that he's healthy enough to go. And so at least it keeps the door open to have the conversation. Do I think it's realistic? I don't know that I can go there, um, but um, I would certainly entertain it. I'm not, um, I was a big JT Miller fan, full transparency uh, coming out of last year. I thought, okay, this is, this is going to work. This is going to be a fit. I also forecasted a way that they could keep Horvat at the time though too. So as soon as uh, JT got signed to that long extension and then things started going sideways in Vancouver this year, he wore me out. I can't sugarcoat it for you guys. Like, his, his presence, like tapping the back of the, the net to get the goalie to go out, his little tantrums on the bench. Like uh, I've coached a little bit of minor hockey recently. I don't let my, my 10, 12, 15-year-olds do that stuff on the bench. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's suck it up a little bit. And so he's worn me out, and um, I would entertain a move, absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, players that magically appeared in the lineup, uh, Joel Edmondson for the Habs last night, because obviously a lot of question marks – uh, surrounding his back, but he's a guy that's uh, very highly regarded around the league as a good teammate and a very solid blue liner. Do you expect Joel Edmondson to be on the move today for that from Montreal? If he's healthy enough, um, obviously they're going to get their medical involved in that. And, and behind the scenes, guys, in a transaction like this, they will ask for um, some background information on the injury status, what he's been dealing with for two reasons. One, to make sure that the investment is worthwhile because you can forecast if a guy's going to miss a game or two here or there due to whatever soreness, let's just call it. But at the same time, you might want to have your people take a look at it and say, listen, like if we are going to go on a deep playoff run, this is not a reliable body to get through the war. So um, if he's healthy enough, he's absolutely in play. There's no question. And, you know, I, if I'm a team like Tampa Bay, um, even Colorado, um, you know, I, I, I want, once upon a time, I thought Edmonton, but that's not going to happen now, obviously. So um, he's in play for sure. I would a hey, big body veteran presence uh, can play at worst in your, in the five hole on a really good team. Uh, but let's he can pipe into the you know top four with ease. So um, he's in play for sure. How much better are the senators after adding Jacob Chikrin? Well, emotionally, outside of the player, um, you're going to get another 10 or 15%, uh, maybe more, out of the group. And when you can tell the excitement uh, in the room and even in the city, I was talking to some people yesterday and, you know, the mood around the city. So right away, you get more out of your group. You know when you get like a, a, a big heavy player on a, on a line of uh, smaller guarding guys, they always use that statement, you know, all of a sudden they're playing three inches taller, 20 pounds heavier. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing when you add a chicken to the lineup, uh, just because it's telling the group that the, the upper management believes in them. This is a long-term investment. I hope he's going to stay healthy because that's what we need him to do. Um, it's a big ad for them. Top pairing defenseman on the horizon. They've just solidified their top four 
for years to come. Everybody's 28 or less in age with Zub, Sanderson, um, obviously Shabbat, and now Chikrin. So big move for them. Um, surprised it took as long as it did considering the return. Is there a team out there that's going to try to position themselves to be uh, a more of a buyer this summer today that maybe will try to shed some salary, Jason? Oh, that's an interesting one right there. Um, my short answer right now is that I, I found the buildup to this deadline has been so unpredictable. Um, it seems like the East has been loading up with, it's like an arms race in the Eastern Conference. And the Western Conference has been kind of, you know, a little bit slower to arrive at the dance. And um, I think that that's, I think that that's a fact. And, and that's, you know, if I could circle back to the Flames, that's another reason why certainly you don't add right now, anybody with term, especially, and second of all, you don't, you know, if you're going to send out a Lucic, it's fine. But they have enough returning guys coming um, next year that um, this is a play that the, the Flames can make too with certain amounts of money going out the door and, and then checking out the landscape in the summer. So um, I don't have a specific team. And the only reason I, I can't answer it specifically is because everything was so unpredictable. Uh, Jason Bukula, NHL analyst for Sportsnet, former NHL scout. Jason, thanks for this. Go enjoy your boxed meal. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll let you guys know how it goes. I appreciate you uh, taking the time for me this morning. So you guys have a great day. You, uh, you too. Thanks for thanks, jumping Jay. on. Uh, appreciate Jay, it, man. Always great stuff from uh, Jason Bukula. And our, our NHL trade deadline coverage on Sports at 960 is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dining at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. It's also brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. Maybe trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. South and Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be at the top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports, 2520 Center Street North. What are the Red Wings up to, George? Uh, they're just... Just trading away dudes. Those what two if they're clearing to a the... ton of cap space to bring in someone big? Like JT Miller? No, I, Steve Eiserman wouldn't do that. Probably not. No. And I don't think they need help down the middle after no. they got Larkin signed. I, I Or maybe get. they're just making room for that Larkin extension and they're positioning themselves to do stuff in the offseason yeah. like that last question. Because during the break, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, or during the chat with Jason, the Detroit Red Wings traded Jacob Verona to the St. Louis Blues Which for Dylan McLaughlin, who is uh, undrafted 26-year-old defenseman and a seventh-round pick. Half the salary retained. Um, listening to some of the insiders lately, Jacob Verana had really mm, spoiled with the Red Wings. They had no interest in keeping him past the deadline. Uh, the Blues take a flyer on a guy who has showed some scoring punch but has also sure. had some real injury troubles. And they managed to get half of his salary retained. He signed for one more year at uh, just over, just about five and a quarter. Uh, so, yeah. I have all the time in the world for Steve Eiserman and what he does. Well, he has moved out um, roughly $9 million in yeah. dollars. In and the he's last, traded some good players. In the last 48 hours, he's moved out Hronik Bertuzzi Verona and opened up about $10 million. Um, for at least this season, and then Hronik and, and Verona were signed longer too. So I don't know what's Stevie Y up to. Yeah, I uh, again I give the benefit of the doubt to that guy because he was the architect of what went on in Tampa Bay. He's just trying to nosedive totally the team for the rest team. of the season. Yeah, I I don't know what he's trying to do, but again, I I trust it if I'm a Detroit Red Wings Cause, fan because that dude knows what he's doing. Right now, they're 23rd in the NHL. 
and they're six points up on the St. Louis Blues. You got to really nosedive to kind of get yourself lower in the standings. They're in that that fourth or fifth tier with the Sens, the Panthers, the Capitals, the Preds, the Flames. Um, we asked Books about um, Hannafin and Toffoli. Mm-hmm. Which one, if it were to happen, would be more likely to move today, in your opinion? Toffoli. Not even close. But wouldn't Hannafin net you a monster return? Would you want to do that? both would. But would you no, want to do No, I wouldn't want to do either. Wouldn't want to do either. What are you doing next year, then? How... Where are you getting this guy from the top four to come skate 25 minutes? And a dude yeah. that can show that he can play with Anderson or Tanev. Yeah. So Toffoli's the one in your mind who potentially could go today. Potentially, but, but I, I doubt it. Like, I doubt I, it. I just don't, I don't think it happens. These deals happening. And you, you have to talk extension with Lindholm starting July 1. Oh, yeah, 100%. As soon as you like, can. He's not going anywhere. Here's the thing. Like, like I said, like if I'm, if I'm the Flames... I would look at this season. You say it got away from us. We had some bad goaltending for portions of it. We maybe got a little snake bitten for portions of it. Mm-hmm. But we got a whole bunch of guys signed for next year. We run it back. Yep. See how the first quarter of the season goes. And if we get some results playing like we have in the last quarter of the season, great. Then you tear it full tear down then. No. If you, if you have some results, but you play similar and you play well and you get the points then you continue on i'm just fast forwarding in next year's deadline Mm -hmm. with the amount of players that are heading to unrestricted free agency Mm -hmm. you could have a full tear down here you could of very good players that you would be the most sought after team during the deadline this team would have to be as bad or worse next year and i don't see it i i don't see it either because lucic will come off the books so you're gonna have you're gonna be able to replace him with someone significantly cheaper, which gives you a little bit more flexibility to go out and add something if you want to. Like, I like how they're set up between the pipes, as wild as that might sound. Yeah. Jacob Markstrom's put together two decent games back-to-back. I would argue more than decent. He's been very good. So, I don't know. Um, I go back and forth on this group all the time. But I don't expect them to... I, it's, they're going to... It's going to be a fascinating I would, summer. I would bet that they are going to be one of the quietest teams of the deadline. Like, because this summer, you can talk extension with Hannafin. Mm-hmm. You can talk extension with Tanev. Yep. You can talk extension with Zadorov. Yep. You need to give the extension to Lindholm. Mm-hmm. You can talk extension with Tyler Toffoli. Dylan Dubé's an RFA. Dylan Dubé's contracts. Michael Backlund. Backlund's you can talk the big extension one. with him too. Does Backlund want to finish his career as a flame or does he want to try something different? Lots. It'll be a super interesting summer here in Calgary. Without a doubt. Right. I think the rest of the season could have some intrigue as well, but we'll find out. But also, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, yeah, what's that? 97 points got the Predators in as the second wild card. Mm-hmm. Flames need 30 points to hit that mark. Which feels like it's it might be a little less this season because the West is playing. It's it's a little more watered down than maybe last season. Yeah. But like, still, like 30 points in their last 20 games will probably get the Flames into the playoffs. There's four teams in the East with at least 84 points. But you and the need, Bruins have 101. And in the West, there's nobody with 80. So, so it's, you, you yeah. need a minimum of 13 wins in your last 20 games. 
and some loser points mixed in. Wouldn't hurt. But is I this group capable w- of 13 wins in their last 20 games and they've lost four in a row and have not strung consecutive wins in weeks? I think that if they play like they did in the last two games against some of these lesser teams, then yeah. And this back-to-back with the Wild, is that pretty much going to be their season here this weekend? They've been fighting for their season for weeks. I know, been but clawing away. That, that it, it would be about as close as you can get. Like the thing is, the Wild are way up there. They're nine points ahead of you. Yeah. There's two more games coming up against the Winnipeg Jets that I look at and say that's huge. Those are kind of big. You got to get points where you can because you didn't get them this week. Um, they were certainly on the table. Still taking your text messages nine sixty nine sixty. What will the Flames headline be? After the 1 p.m. deadline. What will the Flames headline be after the 1 p.m. deadline? 960-960, name and location. Your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Cowboys' fifth annual wing-off Thursday at Cowboys. So 960-960, name and location. Tell us what will be the headline for the Flames after the 1 p.m. deadline. we got to get to Jeff Merrick on time. Mm -hmm. He only has about 15 minutes for us. Yeah. Because the broadcast is about to get going on Sportsnet. He's going to join us straight ahead. And at the top of the hour, Brett Cron is going to join us to get his perspective on what the Calgary Flames should do during the deadline. If anything, it's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan. Still taking your text messages for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the fifth annual wing-off down at Cowboys. What will be the headline for the Flames after the 1 p.m. deadline? What will be the headline for the Flames after the 1 p.m. deadline? 960-960, name and location. And former Flames draft pick Brent Cron going to join us at the top of the hour. But right now, on the line, getting ready for the big Sportsnet trade deadline broadcast, which which gets going at the top of the hour. He is the host of the Jeff Merrick Show and co-host of 32 Thoughts on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Jeff Merrick. Jeff, good morning. Thanks for this. I know you're super busy. Oh, that's okay. Good to hear your voice again, George. What's going on? No, good to hear you too as well, Jeff. Um, okay, so what, what's the what's going on on your phone? Right, aside from talking oh. to us, Jeff, what is going on on your phone right now? Uh, a whole lot of speculation, a whole lot of we'll see a whole lot of, well, if something comes out of the blue, maybe we do something. A whole lot of, now. Nah, I think we're done, but we're going to keep our phone lines open. So it's, uh, how would you say it, a chumming of the waters for the day that's, uh, that's going to come. You're like, I, I think this is going to be, like, let, let's face it, the story of this year's trade deadline has been all the big names are gone, right? Like, this yeah. is the trade deadline. And again, we'll, we'll get to the Calgary question here in a second, I'm sure. But right now, all the players that we thought were going to get dealt have already been dealt. And it's kind of turned, you know, it's kind of evolved away from this being about one day into this being about a week where teams don't want to wait and gamble on do we get them or do we not uh, up until the last minute. And it's turned into make your deals early, get your players in, get your salary cap straight and move forward. So I think that on a day like this, and again, like Elliot always says, and he's right, it can always change with one phone call. I think for a lot of teams that are shopping for players that have term, 
it sounds and feels like they might be done today, but teams that are looking to tweak and fill out the roster with rental players, this is still very much their day. How's that? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it's great. Jeff, I know that I know I've had, uh, and a lot of fans have had the complaints hey, there's not enough movement in the NHL. GMs complain how it's so hard to make trades during the salary cap. But, man, this last week or so has been a lot of fun. Is that what it's going to be like moving <laughs> forward? Is that what we're going to see? Like, you no, can't do too many I, trades in, like, December. Yeah. But, man, come February, March, boom, you're going to get your trades. Uh, it's a great question, and I know why you would ask it. I just think that when the salary cap starts to go up, um, you're going to see more trades. Like, I think this is, in a lot of ways, the byproduct of a flat cap and a flat cap for a few years here. And, you know, the system's clogged. And I'm not sure if the NHL and Players Association are going to do something this summer. I mean, there's a new executive director with the PA, Marty Walsh. This would be an interesting first contact with the commissioner, Gary Bettman, trying to, you know, reopen the CBA or have a discussion about doing something artificial with the salary cap to allow more teams to maneuver within it. But I do wonder if this is the summer that, you know, everyone looks at this and says it's beneficial for the game right now uh, to have some type of momentum, build buzz, build excitement and do something where the salary cap, we all know it's going to go up eventually, maybe hasten that along. But I, I do think that once we start to see more significant gains for the salary cap and we expect it to go up, maybe not this year, but next year, $3 million, $4 million after, et cetera, you're going to start to see more movement. Uh, more maneuverability for general managers. I, I do think this is temporary. And I'll, I'll add you one more. You know, I had, I had one manager send me a note, I was it two days ago, who said, this is Gary Bettman's salary cap dream. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, look at all the teams taking money from one another here. We're still getting movement and everybody is sharing the money. So I thought that was that was kind of a, a moment of a moment of laughter and a moment of of, of, of levity here in this uh, chaotic uh, trade deadline week. So, Jeff, before we get into some of the other rumors, are you hearing anything that could be tied to the Calgary Flames? Boy, last night was a tough one, right? Um, the the Boston game was tough because that's a game that, just to be blunt, like well, you guys saw, like Calgary won that game. Mm-hmm. The problem was, you know, Linus Allmark had different plans. But from stem to stern, from opening face-off to, 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 to closing horn, the Calgary Flames were the better team. The problem is, as we've, you know, Elaine Vigneault used to always say, hockey is simple. If my goaltender is better than your goaltender, I win. But if your goaltender is better than my goaltender, you win. And we saw that play out with the Calgary Flames and the Boston Bruins. Uh, they got goalied. But that's a tough loss. Last night against the Maple Leafs, go up early, Blake Coleman shorthanded, here we go. And it's 2-1 to one by the end of it. It's another disappointment for the Calgary Flames. Haven't been able to string together, you know, back-to-back wins or three wins in a row for a for a while now. I, I think that how should I say this? I, I think the Calgary Flames are kind of in a state of shock. This isn't the way things were supposed to go. We all know what happened last year with Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, etc., and the big trade and bringing in Nazem Kadri. Um, but I, I think that the Flames organization are stunned that they're at this position right now, having to be asked questions like this and being forced into making decisions, you know, I think it's going to come down to whether the Flames organization thinks that this is just a one-off bad year and they can come back with something similar to this year's team um, and, and compete again. Um, or do they say, look, we've got players who only have after this season, one more year left on term 
maybe now is the time we make a decision on them, whether it's, you know, whether it's Backlund, um, whether it's Lindholm, whether it's someone like Noah Hannafin. Um, I, I was under the impression over the past few days, just knowing how Carolina values the style of player that Calgary has, whether it's Backlund, well, Lindholm used to be there and they loved him, uh, or Hannafin. I wondered if Carolina could be a destination for, for at least one of these players, uh, but I'm not so sure that, that Carolina is still in the, uh, in the business of making moves. They might be done. Um, but I think that, like, I think this has been a real tough week for Bradshaw Living. I really do. I think this has been a tough week for the Calgary Flames on the ice. I think it's been a, a torturous week or maybe torturous couple of weeks for Bradshaw Living. And I don't think that at the beginning of the season, you know, he was looking this close to trade deadline and saying, I may have some tough decisions to make. It wasn't supposed to be this way this season for the Calgary Flames. Jeff, how tempting are those prices out there if Calgary and Bradshaw Living wanted to get into, say, a Tyler Toffoli deal? A guy who scored yeah. 25 goals, really good cap number next season. I'm sure with even, like, the Tanner Janot deal, like, I'm sure uh, the Philip Heronic deal, like, we're seeing all these, like, big-time prices paid. What would a guy like Tyler Toffoli fetch? And with how the market's going right now, would that be maybe something too much not to pass up if you're the Calgary Flames because of just the sheer value out there. I think you're looking at high picks, certainly. Um, But but again, I I think, George, that it comes down to that decision and that perspective on the team. Like, do the Calgary Flames really believe that this team is as bad as they've performed this season? Or do they say, you know, maybe we look elsewhere in the organization, maybe with a couple of, uh, of tweaks, maybe with some support for Jonathan Huberto, I mean, he's gone from having burners all around him uh, to not, and it's really affected his game. You know, I, I think this is, this, is, this is real hard because can you fetch a lot for Tyler DeFoley? Absolutely. Same for Backlund, same for Lindholm, same for Hannafin, same for – you can get a lot. You get a lot of draft capital, a lot of prospect capital, but I just don't know how Brad Living feels about his team. Is this just one bad season? Because we've seen that before from teams. And, like, we look at some – you know, Tampa after that uh, Columbus Blue Jackets series, right, where they say there's all those rumors in Vancouver of the draft. I mean, the, the wild one going around is that, you know, Tampa was going to trade Kucherov to Edmonton for Leon Dreisaitl. Like, that was a very legitimate wow. trade discussion that was happening at that draft. That's also the beginning of the Lucic for Neil deal. So I, I, I always come shy of saying that Brad True Living is going to do this because – Playoffs are becoming fleeting, and it looks like the Western Conference is kind of set. It's like the East last year, and we're just going to talk about seeding. Um, I, I wonder if the Flames just look at this and say, you know what, we're not this bad. We're a better team than this. Let's try to run this thing back one more year. Jeff, what have you made of the Red Wings of late as they've moved out uh, quite a bit of salary? $7 million-ish for next year, about $9 million this year as yeah. well. Uh, do you think they could be a sleeper for something big today or more posturing for the offseason? Uh, I think it's, I think anything Steve Eisenman does is offseason. I, I can mm-hmm. see, like, th- to be honest with you, I can see Steve Eisenman playing banker uh, for mm-hmm. some of these deals as well, but he's very much sticking to his plan. You know, there was that brief, you know, that brief few days where he took Tyler Bertuzzi off the market. Well, I mean, f- first of all, the, the Ronick deal is a really nice one for that, that team. I think we're all sort of stunned, but maybe we shouldn't be considering it Steve Eisenman who, you know, <laughs> One person say like you know I just robbed the bank and didn't have to wear a mask like that thing just kind of fell in his lap. 
Um, <laughs> but the, the and the Bertuzzi deal is is a, is a nice one too. Um, I think that as much as we think that, well, first of all, Chris Illich isn't Mike Illich. I think if Mike Illich were still around, we'd probably see the Detroit Red Wings going for it right now. It seems to be that patience is still key here as they wait for, you know, the Edvinsons uh, to start to, to develop and, and take a prominent spot in that lineup. Uh, I don't know uh, that the Detroit Red Wings will, will uh, you know, will, will deliver a blockbuster at all. I think that Eisenman has his plan, has his focus. And the one thing that we do know about Eisenman is he does not deviate. And as much as, you know, he got the gentle nod or the gentle nudge last year from ownership in the summer to bring in more legitimate players and move this thing along. I don't think that Steve Eisenman is going to get dragged into doing something that he doesn't want to do. He's taken the long view of this and he's still going to be patient. Uh, Jeff, I know you got to run, but really, really quickly here. Yep. Do you expect the Oilers to do something on their blue line again today? I don't. I think the Oilers are done. Like, I think it's going to be a situation where, you know, unless something completely comes out of the blue for Edmonton, uh, they're done. Like I, I think, you know, what, what we saw the last few days, like that's it for Edmonton. They're, they're taking their cap right to the dollar. And, and again, like Elliot always says it, and it's true, everything changes on one phone call. But as it stands right now, unless something falls in Edmonton's lap, I am very confident in telling you here on your show they are done. Okay, uh, I love it. Jeff Merrick, host of the Jeff Merrick Show and co-host of 32 Thoughts. Jeff, thanks for this. Enjoy that super long day. We'll be watching. <laughs> uh, you'll see the top of my head and my thumb. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks Plug for this. in the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see you, boys. Have a good one. There he goes, Jeff Merrick on the NHL trade deadline coverage on Sports at 960 is, of course, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. What did you learn from Jeff Merrick there? What did I learn from Jeff Merrick? Um, The flame stuff is interesting. Although, I don't know if I learned a whole lot. What I learned is that uh, I didn't know this, um, and but we know that the Canes and Flames have come together on a few deals. Yeah. But Carolina loves the type of player Calgary has mm-hmm. and produces under Daryl Sutter's watch kind of deal. And he's kind of mentioned Carolina on his show the last couple days uh, as well as a link to the Flames. And I think that one of the major genesis points of that was that when you looked around the Eastern Conference, Everybody else had gone and, and added their spot, right? You know, the Rangers had gotten Kane and Tarasenko. The Islanders got Horvat. The Devils got Meyer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the Hurricanes hadn't really done anything until they went and got Jesse Pugliarvi. Now what do they do? Do they do anything else? Hmm. Can they find a way to make the money work? Like Tom Dundon, the owner of the Hurricanes, was on uh, Sir Volley's podcast, the new one, frankly speaking. And he talked about how this was going to be arguably the most aggressive that the Hurricanes have been at the deadline since he took over. Now, we haven't seen that yet because right. I would argue that just going to get Jesse Pugliarvi isn't the most aggressive you could be, especially when a team in your division has gone through every single hoop imaginable to bring in Tarasenko and Kane. So there's a, a, a question mark there, a wonder there, but also feels like they got their guy from Alberta and they might be they might be done. Because... You're not going to be pulling a Jesper Fon- uh not Jesper Fon- You're not going to be pulling a, who am I thinking of? Seth Jarvis off of the roster. 
You're not going to be pulling Martin Natchez off the roster. Mm-hmm. So you're probably looking at some of their prospects that are down in their system. Jack Drury is a guy that comes to mind as a former first-round pick. I don't know what their pick situation is in Carolina, but it's interesting. Deals have happened between those two organizations before, right? Um, I found it interesting that the Oilers are done. Like, this is... They've got no money left. Like, unless they move out, unless they can find somebody to take Kyler Yamamoto, they're, they've got nothing left. And, the, and they're running shy on draft picks, too. This is the team that they think can get McDavid to the Stanley Cup final. Mm, yeah, I think that... Uh, um... <laughs> And that's what just makes, <laughs> but but again, the second like, the Jack Campbell contract was signed, it was a bad contract. Yeah, I agree. Like the yeah, problem is, like, like if you and here's the thing: you got Warren Fogle on a contract that they want to move. You got Kyler Yamamoto on a contract that they want to move, but nobody wants Yamamoto for two more years at three point one. Nobody wants Warren Fogle for two more years at two point seven five. So you have to give up an asset, probably. To get those guys out of there, or they'd be gone already. Right. And then you have to find someone who is better at a similar cost and then also give up assets to bring that guy in. Again, to me, that that's a sneaky storyline that people are ignoring or don't want to talk about what? is if the Oilers fall flat on their face in the playoffs mm. and let's say lose in the first round, because we expect them to make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. But right now, as it stands, uh, they're playing Vegas in round one, which would be a Super interesting. Eichel against McDavid. Yeah. Eichel's first trip to the postseason. He gets yeah. to go up against the guy that he was drafted right. second behind. And who knows what the status of Mark Stone is. Sign I would doubt he's playing in the playoffs. But still, like McDavid's contract, eventually, it's going to be an issue here with the Oilers. Right? Three more years at 12 and a half. Drysdale's yeah. got two more years at eight and a half. Yeah. Like, time, like the window is now for them to win. Mm-hmm. And if they lose in the first round, or even if they lose in the second round, has the general manager done enough to put the right pieces around the greatest player in the game? I think he's done pretty much everything that he can to this point, given the mistakes that he's already made. But that's the problem. That is the problem. He's made too many mistakes, and the organization as a whole has made too many mistakes. Namely, the Jack Campbell deal is the one that just sticks out like a sore thumb. Wouldn't it be and nice it's in if... year one of the Jack Campbell deal. And, when... I, and I'm a Jack Campbell fan. He's a super nice guy. Sure. You root for Jack Campbell. Of course. But and the Leafs wanted no part of that contract because they know what Jack Campbell's about. Mm-hmm. And they're giving that guy $5 million for three mo- uh, four more years. And they signed Skinner for 2.6 for the next three after. Like, their goaltending to set. And it's... Oh, and Jack Campbell has a modified no trade. And it's mediocre. Yeah, 100%. Imagine if again, they still had Adam Larson, too, if they hadn't uh, lost him in expansion. To win the it Stanley nice Cup. would be to have on the blue line to help you defend. To win the Stanley Cup, you don't necessarily need a great goaltender. You just need great goaltending. Mm-hmm. And Darcy Kemper is the example of a guy who just played well enough mm-hmm. because the team in front of him was such a wagon that they won the Stanley Cup. When I just look at the Oilers as a whole, like I, I, I think we all agree we kind of like the Ekholm deal because it kind of solidifies their blue line, a veteran guy who knows how to win playoff games. Um, but Cody Cece, Frank Kulak, like Darnell Nurse is a guy that you're paying $9.25 million for. Is Darnell Nurse a $9.25 no. million no. blue liner? Everyone knows that. No. no. 
but he got signed in that one off season where every single defenseman yeah. got absolutely paid. Seth Jones, Zach Warensky, Darnell Nurse. This is this is just an enormous roundabout way. Is if Connor McDavid doesn't win a Stanley Cup within the next two years, I don't know if he's going to be in Edmonton long term. I really don't. I think that's fair. And you can't even win a Connor McDavid trade. That's the problem too, because if you trade him somewhere, the amount of assets and picks that it'll take to acquire him, you would completely be tearing apart a team to get Connor McDavid. Like, uh, but the cap might be going up as as Jeff and we, we we keep hearing that the cap potentially is going up and up and up here in the near future, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like uh, our friends to the north here. There's a lot of pressure on them. And to me, it just it's all about that 97 guy, if he's happy. And if does he see, you know, enough being done around him? And you can say no, because hockey players are supposed to just shut up, sign their eight-year deal, and do whatever. But in today's day and age, it's all about player empowerment. Look what Austin Matthews did in Toronto. He signed a five-year deal. There is no way Kyle Dubas should have let him sign a five-year deal. But here we are. He has one year left on his contract before he could potentially hit unrestricted free agency because that guy wants to get paid. Mm -hmm. So does Connor McDavid want to stay in Edmonton long term? I don't know. But if he keeps losing in the first or second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs because the pieces aren't around him are good enough. So what does that mean for Leon Dreisaitl too? He's got two years left at one of the best contracts in the NHL. Arguably the best contract in the NHL at $8.5 million. I'm just out. And Jeff says they're done. Okay. Like, this is it. This is the Oilers team that can win the Stanley Cup. Like, he can drag. I don't know how far he can drag them because he dragged them all the way to the Western Conference final last year. 100%. Single handedly, the best best playoff performance. He arguably could have won the Hart Trophy last year and they lost in in the Western Conference final and got swept by the Avalanche. That's how good that guy was. I'm just saying, this is it. Like, this is the team that you think. Kenny Holland can potentially challenge for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, the West is weak, but the Avalanche look like a wagon again. And I love that Lars Eller move, by the way, by them too. Mm-hmm. Can they get the goaltending with Georgiev? Sure. But if the Avs and Oilers played in the series, you clearly lean towards the Avs based on their experience, their pedigree now, after getting that second round monkey off their back. But I just, if I'm an Oilers fan and I'm like, okay, I like Ekholm, but all right, here we go. I need Cody Cece and Brett Kulak to play meaningful minutes. Like, good luck. But, like, I'm not surprised that they're done at the deadline. That doesn't surprise me in the least. What were you going to do? Trade Cody Cece for what? Yeah, I don't know. Trade Brett Kulak for what? Trade Kyler just... Yamamoto for what? Warren Fogle for what? And what's left? And yeah. who's coming to yeah. Edmonton? All the good players have no moves and no trades. They're not coming to Edmonton. Yeah. It's just tough. It's been wild to watch that despite having the best player they cannot pull every single free agent to Edmonton. Yeah. Like, I understand you got Canadian environment, which is hard. You get Canadian taxes, which is hard. You have a Canadian winter, which is hard. You have Canadian fans. That is difficult. But, yeah, that's just been the way that it's gone lately. I think this team can still go out and win a round or two. Yep. Especially if Jack Campbell gets hot or Stuart Skinner gets hot. Oof. If. Yep. If. Sure. Underline it three times. If. Uh Uh-huh. But, yeah, I don't know. Are they going to win a cup? When 97 turns it on, there aren't many teams that can keep up. Of course. 
Um, the Winnipeg Jets are the team uh, that the Calgary Flames are now chasing uh, for the wild card. Um, they made a move. They got Nino Nina Ryder for a second round pick. Sure did. They definitely need some secondary scoring. And then Niederreiter went out and had himself a real grindy first game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets and really endeared himself to their fan base in that game in Winnipeg. So I like that ad for them. What are you expecting from the Jets today? The Jets are an interesting team. Like, they have a goaltender who I think has covered up a lot of mistakes. Uh, A guy who, like we've talked about, is probably a Vesna caliber player for a lot of the season. Uh, $4.6 million left on the cap. Um, current cap space as per cap friendly. They're an intriguing team to me because the thing is you get Cole Perfetti, who's going to probably be back before the season is over. So you have to factor that in. Um, but I, I like everything that they have up front. Obviously, Connor Hellebuck is outstanding. If you can find maybe a different backup goaltender on the cheap, but this is a team that over the last, what, six weeks has plummeted in the standings. And as a result, is there any way that they're not just going to lean on Connor Hellebuck? Yeah. Right? And I I think that's how they need to win. But at the same time, I think they also need to give this guy a little bit of space for the postseason because he's how they're going to win when the playoffs roll around. Yeah, I have no idea what this roster is going to look like because Pierre-Luc Dubois clearly doesn't want to stay there long term. No, he's leaving. He's going to sign his QO in the offseason, and then he's going to leave. And he said that like two years ago. Yeah, and he wants to go to Montreal specifically. He's got a $6 million qualifying offer, and then he's just going to leave. He's going to take his stuff and go home. Uh, Interesting to see if they do something today. Fascinating team. Like The other thing about Winnipeg is they don't get guys via free agency. We just talked about the Edmonton Oilers. Winnipeg would arguably worse because they don't have Connor McDavid. Near the top of the no-trade list, the Winnipeg Jets. Them in Edmonton, not too far as far as passionate fan bases, tough winters, Mm -hmm. but one of them is Connor McDavid. One of them does have have Rick Bonus, who I think a lot of people like. Really? I think as a player, you would love to play for that guy. Okay. But... I don't know if that's enough in free agency. Yeah, I don't so think, they have to do I don't think guys go play. I don't think they, they play for coaches. They play for situations. Yeah. Like in lifestyle and yeah, chance 100%. to win. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm looking at trying to find them a, a carrot here. Yeah. It's the best I could come up with. Sorry, Winnipeg. But that's fascinating to me because that's the team that the Flames potentially are tried to chase down. They got to do stuff during, they like, you got to do stuff with guys that don't have no moves and still have term. That's what, like, if Winnipeg. If I were them, I would be calling the Flames. Yeah. Tyler Toffoli, you know, any one of these other guys that doesn't have a no-trade clause, that's what I would be doing if I was Winnipeg. Um, Straight ahead, he's in studio. Brent Cron, uh, Flames goaltending analyst, former Flames draft pick. Uh, It's going to talk about the Calgary Flames, Jacob Markstrom's performance last night, Mm -hmm. and uh, what it's like to be uh, in professional hockey during the trade deadline. What's the vibe like? We'll talk to him. And then Derek Wills, the voice of the Flames, at 8.30. It's trade deadline day. The broadcast gets going at the top of the hour on Sportsnet. We're all over any move. We're waiting for something. We got... Although it is early. Verona to the Blues. That's so far what we got. And Trevor Van Riemsdyk is not getting traded from Washington. Thank you. There you go. Oh, and Nick Benino went from... That was last San Jose to Pittsburgh. Big deal. Uh, That was like early this morning. Yeah. And uh, we're also still taking your text messages. What will be the headline for the Flames... After the 1 p.m. deadline, your chance to win a pair of tickets to the fifth annual wing-off down at Cowboys. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.